You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. So to speak. Uh, and, but never getting up and doing anything with it, all right? So, so God never intended us to be the spiritual couch potatoes, you know. We're not those who just stay there and are just all the time taking it in. There is a point in time where every single one of us needs to put feet or wings on what we are receiving, and we need to step out and be faithful. Now, having said that, let me say this to you. I want to encourage you today. I really want to be an encouragement to you at all times, but in particular today at the, at the onset of this message to say to you, you're an amazing church. This church does a lot, all right? And we've said that numerous times to you, but I just want to reference that again. You are people who do a lot. You accomplish a lot for God. You're out there working. You're, you're in the trenches. Uh, but, but as much as we do, the reality is that there's so much more that we can do if we open our hearts to God and we let Him begin to speak to us about what we're doing or what we are not doing. And uh, this isn't about you becoming uh, work or performance oriented. It isn't about you just doing stuff for the sake of doing or that by doing you somehow win God's favor or you get saved out of that doing or anything like that. There's only one way to be saved. I hope we've cleared that up. Jesus is the way of salvation. There is no other way. He has saved you by grace so that you can't boast, so you can't do any works that'll get it done so that you can say you did it yourself, all right? Jesus has taken care of everything. It's all under the cross of Jesus Christ. He is a resurrected Savior. He is alive today. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He is making intercession and praying for you and I. And so we have this responsibility now. Out of that, we do the works, not to get saved, but because we are saved and we love God, now we work for Him. Now we give ourselves in service to Him. And so that is our heart, that we would have a servant attitude, a servant heart for God, and we would do these wonderful things for Him. So I want to challenge you in that respect, okay? And that's why we want to equip you throughout this year to be a better servant for God and, and to do His will. And so that's why we have done the things that we've done so far and, and that we're asking you to participate in a number of different things. Okay, so given that, let's talk today about some of the practical things that we need to do. And what I want to do is I want to sort of open the eyes of our heart this morning a little bit. I'll make reference to that further as we go along here. But I want to, I want to go back and lay a little bit of that foundation again that we've been laying uh, quickly and, and then talk to you just about some very practical things that, that, that you can begin to, to develop as a mindset for for evangelizing and hopefully this is going to diffuse it for you a little bit take away some of the pressure take away some of the fear take away some of the uncertainty and and help us to get a bit more comfortable with sharing our faith i thought pastor dave did a great job last time of telling you uh, that your story is valuable and the need for you to incorporate your story into his story meaning the story of christ and, and learning how to share your story. And hopefully today we can bring that out a little bit more for you, okay? So let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, beginning with verse 5, and see what it says here. For we do not preach ourselves, Paul says, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show 
that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. All right? We want to we just kind of camp there for just a little bit here. And what I want to say to you today is about this whole thing of evangelism, relax. All right? Just relax. When we, when we first announced that we were going to do this series on evangelism, I wish there had been a camera from here looking out at all of you. Because there were some of the most amazing faces, and I'm not exaggerating here. Some of you, I, I have a little grandson now, and I, I love him so much, and I like to, to play with him. And, and just by accident one day, I, I, was, I was with him, and, and we were, we were kind of chatting. I was chatting to him, and he was just looking at me. And then uh, I said something, and I don't think it was what I said. I think it was the look on my face, uh, because there's something about my grandson that, that makes me very foolish. You know, I really don't care, you know. And so I make these bizarre, weird faces, you know, to try to get him to laugh at me. Because for some reason, I'm convinced if he's laughing at me, he's happy. And so, so I try to make him happy, you know. And so I, did, I was saying something to him, and I did something, and I don't even know what it was exactly, and he goes, <laughs> and he freezes. So he's just, he's like that, you know. I have pictures of it. I could show you, you know. But and and, and it's, it's, it's hilarious to, to, to me and to other people when they see it, you know. But, but I'm not lying. There are a couple of you that almost had that. I mean, when we said we're going to equip you for evangelism, there were, there were grimaces and there were, I mean, your eyes got big, you know, that sort of that sign of fear. No one had a flat affect on their face when that announcement came. And I related to that because I, un, I understand. I, just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean it's easy for me to evangelize, all right? And, and I understand some of that fear and some of that uncertainty. And if you're one of those people that's introverted or quiet or reserved and you're, you know, you're not gregarious and, and out for all that, it's, it feels even more uh, intimidating for you than for others. You know? um, so we, under, we understand that. We understand that this is challenging for us as a church. But I want to try to help you to see that in a different light today here. And, and I want to say to you, relax about this thing, first of all, all right? There are no undue expectations being put on any of you, all right, by the leadership of this church, all right? This is a, this is a church full of life. We live in the tree of life. We are, we are a, a church of grace, all right, so we're going to be understanding, yet we are going to try and push you a little bit. All right, because we are convinced that it is for everybody. All right, God wants to use all of us to share the message of Jesus Christ. And so we are going to try to help you. We're not going to force your hand on anything. All right, and we're not going to, going to raise some bar of expectation up here uh, so that you've got to go out and, and witness to X number of people in X number of days and, and bring in your little sheet with your list or stand up and tell people, did you or did you not witness this week to somebody and share the love of Jesus with them? All right, we're not going to do those kinds of things. That's not what we're all about. But we are going to kind of lay out this, this strategy and uh, some, some thoughts, okay, and, and, and try to build this bed, if you will, of, of growth for you where it's really easy for you to grow and mature into doing some sharing of your testimony and some witnessing uh, to others, especially lost people, about the love of Jesus Christ, okay? And so 
relax. You're an earthen vessel. And it's God in you that's making the difference, not you. It's not up to you, all right? And that's, that's the beginning place today with this thing. We don't have an expectation of you to win the lost. But we do have an expectation of Jesus to do that because he's paid such a price, we know he's going to do it, all right? We know that it is in God's heart to win lost people, all right? But we believe that you can help do that. We believe that you are the help to do that. All right, and so that's kind of what we want to want to share here. All right, and so I, I, I want you to understand today that you, okay, based on First Peter chapter one verse twenty three, you have been born again. All right, all right, and that that born again experience, if you will, that that life changing experience, that that life out of sin and life out of sinful death. All right, that that has come by the living word of God. All right. And, and, and if you, you go to, to verse 25 there, from 1 Peter 23 to verse 25, it says that, that the word is the good news that was preached to you, all right? And that word comes to you by faith, all right? The word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Not some other word, not some different word. Remember we talked about there is no other gospel, there is no other way in. There, there's nothing but the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's nothing but the message of Jesus that will get you saved. Or anyone else saved for that matter. So you can't go in some other way. There isn't another door in. Alright? Now, some people will view that as that I just narrowed things way down. You're right, I did. I did. Because that's what the Bible does. It narrows it way down. Narrow is that way to enter in, all right? And you can't do that except through the Lord Jesus Christ, all right? We want to we open our arms wide to all people at all times in all situations, all right? But those people cannot come in and, and know Jesus except through Jesus, <laughs> all right? You can't find Jesus in some other way or, or some other path. It is only through a personal relationship with Christ that you know Him, all right? Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. All right. So that's that is the way in. All right. All right. So so we want to help people to be born again. We want to help people to to have this biblical answer. All right. So that requires that you and I tell them <laughs> we've got to tell them it, it, it doesn't often happen in any other way, all right? That is the chief way that God has designed for His message to go out, and that is that you and I tell someone. Someone tells someone about Jesus. And when that person hears and their eyes are opened by the power of the Holy Spirit and they can believe, they are saved, all right? Through the promise of God, they are saved, all right? So I want to challenge you and I that, that, that we do this, that we become encouraged in this thing of sharing the gospel, all right? I want you to encourage one another. Oftentimes the Bible talks about encouraging each other, all right? We are to encourage each other in the faith, all right? And so I want to ask you that you begin to encourage each other, all right, in this idea of sharing your faith sharing the gospel with others. And so today, I want to encourage you in that, and I want to give you some practical helps uh, to go along with that, all right? And 
I don't know that I have a, a real big idea in this sermon today per se other than this, and that is that, that God has the answer because God is the answer. All right, God has the answer because He is the answer. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, or He gave Himself, actually, Emmanuel, God with us. God gave Emmanuel, God gave God with us. All right, so God gave flesh to Himself and gave Himself to us so that we might have Him. It's a beautiful picture. It's a a beautiful, beautiful story. And I want to challenge us that that we see it that way now, all right? And that that, that is not a a bad message to share. That's really quite a a, a great message to share. It's quite a a great answer, if you will. And, And the reason we need this answer is because there was a problem. And that problem was this, and that is that that the world is lost the world is lost due to sin and and a work of god is needed in the lives of individuals all right because their minds have been blinded they're they're unbelievers all right so they they need to have their eyes opened so that they can receive life and that life is only going to come through jesus christ but here's what i want you to understand it is a work of god it's not your work it isn't your work to save anybody all right Turn to your neighbor just very lovingly if someone's beside you and just say, you're not the Messiah. It's okay. All right? All right. Let's let's go even deeper. All right? Turn to your neighbor and just say, you're not God either. It's okay. Just relax. Okay? You're, You're not. You're not. You don't have to be. All right? God is God. Jesus is Jesus. You can't be them. You don't need to try to be them. And, and God's in the business of saving. He's just going to use you to help Him do that. All right? So relax a little bit. You don't have to have and carry the responsibility of saving the world. That isn't your job. That isn't my job. Our job is the preparation of ourselves to be able to be used by God in some capacity to help Him do His job. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you don't need to go to bed going, I didn't save anybody today. I had this, this, this friend, he, he wasn't a believer, and he had a friend that he introduced me to. He was a radio DJ, and the guy was huge. I mean, the guy was so big. I, 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 I had to look up to him, and I had to look around him on each side to see. I mean, when, he stood, when I stood right in front of him, I couldn't see anything. All right, just this big guy. And he's just saying, what's this deal about being saved? And his little friend, he, he looked at me and he goes, I saved him. <laughs> and I said, what? He just started coming to church, you know, and he brought, and so he brought, brings the big guy to church. He goes, I saved him. I go, wait, 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 what do you mean you saved him? He goes, I saved him. Last night, I told him, you need, you need Jesus. And, and I prayed with him, and, and he prayed, and he accepted Jesus. I saved him. I said, no, <laughs> you didn't save him. God saved him. But God in you, Christ in you, did this amazing work. And he was like, really? And I go, this is a brilliant guy. I'm a very brilliant young man. But he had, he, he had this idea somehow that, that it was his response. He was doing the saving. And, and, and he looked at me and he goes, really? And he goes, oh, that is such a relief. <laughs> I go, isn't it? When you don't have to be God, it's just, it's just life gets fun again. 
you know. But but I think the, the enemy even will will distort our thinking and and mess with us and get us to start believing that it's our responsibility and we've got to got to do all this. No. The condition of the world is a lost condition and God has made a way, all right? It is God that is needed. It's a work of God, not of man. And the solution isn't you. The solution is, is new birth or, or being born again, all right? For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. God said, let light shine out of darkness. All right. This is God's job. It is God's job to bring light and, and the knowledge of light and the glory of God in the face of Jesus. This is a description of being born again. It doesn't say that in this, this passage that we started with here, but uh, it, is, it is light, not physical light, but the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. All right. That's the light of the gospel. That's the light uh, of God that comes and he causes the human heart to see. Now, I don't, this is part of that mystery. How does he cause the heart to see? I don't know. But in a minute, I'm going to make reference to, to that heart seeing again. And, and hopefully I can help us to understand it a little bit better. All right. But this is, a, this is one of those spiritual mysteries. I don't know how God does this. But I know that only God can do this. All right. I, I know from my personal experience that many... I grew up in a very evangelistic family. All right. I, I grew up in, 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 in a... Um, my, my family was like a, a, a duplicity, you know, and probably most families are this way, but my family was a family of extremes. So we had very Pentecostal holiness people, nothing against Pentecostal or holiness people now, but Pentecostal holiness people, they dress uniquely and they have some very legalistic ideas about how you live out practical day-to-day Christianity or your, or your faith, okay? All right, so they don't wear rings and they don't cut, the ladies don't, you know, get to cut their hair and they wear it up in those Pentecostal beehives and, and things, you know, and then they wear long dresses and all that stuff. And uh, I, I, I grew up in some of that. But on the other side of my family over here, there was this other extreme and it was anything goes and everybody is right. I mean, those guys over there told all the guys over here that they were right out of the pit of hell. Because they just let it fly, you know. It was any you could do anything you wanted to do, all right. And so family reunions were just absolutely crazy, you know. Because my my crazy uncle was drinking whiskey. He'd go out to his car and pull his bottle out and drink a little whiskey and put it back and come back in. And every time he was more friendly, and he wanted to kiss everybody, you know. And and all of us little cousins, we would be in in a, in a group as though we could protect ourselves, and we would run around like a like in a, a like a group of wild horses, and we would be running away from him. So wherever he would, there he is. No, we'd run because we didn't want to get kissed, you know, uh, by by old Uncle Harvey. Uh, all right, and 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 but but then I had this auntie over here, and some we all knew it that somewhere before the family reunion was over, she would stand up. And she would say, I just want to say something to everybody before we leave. And all of us kids would go, oh, here it comes. Because we'd heard it before. But she would tell us how much we needed Jesus. And she would, she would wait for that, that opportunity, you know, never fail. She shared about Jesus. I'm not saying she did it right or wrong. I'm just saying she looked for that opportunity. That was, that was so important to her, you know that she share Jesus with, with everyone. And so we had, we had 
old crazy Uncle Harvey drinking over here, and we had our evangelistic auntie over here, and uh, it was an interesting event always, okay? But she always wanted to share the gospel with us. There was something in her heart that, that made her want to do that. All right, and I, I want to challenge you and I that that we live out, out of this this place of, of we are family. All right, part of our family is out there. All right, they haven't gotten it yet. All right, but we need to be looking for that opportunity when we cross paths with our other family, as my family referred to them, and an opportunity to share the love of Jesus with them in some way. All right? Because that is where they're going to find this life eternal. All right? But that is, that is God's desire. And He wants us to open up and, and to see. Okay? So the condition is that we are lost. The solution is new birth through Jesus Christ. All right? So uh, the, the Scriptures basically say that when we see Him for, for who he, he really is, we will receive Him for who He really is. When we understand Him as Savior, we'll receive Him as Savior. Not everybody sees Him that way. They're blind. They're blind. Okay? Now, here's the interesting thing. All right? There's the condition. People are lost. Here's the solution. New birth through Jesus Christ. The third point that we need to bring out here is the means by which people find Jesus. And that's the really interesting part. That is the human part, all right? The human means that God uses. Um, there's an old African-American pastor in, in, in L.A. For, for many years. He's, he's dead now. But I, I used to listen to him regularly. I loved him. And uh, he used to say oftentimes, he would say, Well, we've all been called to share Jesus with the rest of the world. Now, in my opinion, that God would choose men and women to do His most important work mm, makes me question God just a little bit. But the reality is God in His sovereignty chose you and I to share this gospel. I mean, He can make donkeys talk. He can rain fire out of heaven. He can erupt the oceans and the rivers. He decides if it rains or if it doesn't rain. He is the creator. He gave life. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. This is the kind of God we're talking about here. And this God, in His sovereignty, has chose this human means to make this thing happen, all right? So, so what we proclaim is not ourselves, Paul says, but it's Jesus Christ as Lord with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. We're not, we're not doing this because we're something special. We're not doing this because we're, we're part God. We're not doing this because we get something for it. We're doing this because it is God's will for us to share. And we're making ourselves as servants for the sake of Jesus. And so I want to say to you that, that we are we're that gospel-telling instrument, as Piper says. All right? We're the, we're the storytelling piece to this. We're, we're the part that, that brings it together and, and, and gives some kind of tangible sense to it. I was lost, now I'm found. I was on my way to hell, now I'm on my way to heaven. 
You can, I, I don't want to oversimplify it, but, but I want you to understand. This, this story you have that Pastor Dave talked to you about last week, that's the method. That's the means into people's lives, into their hearts. This is what God is using. God wants to use your story. God wants to use what He has done in your life and, 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 and put that all into what He has done for humanity through Jesus. And it gives you this wonderful story to share with others. Now, let's turn to, to, to Acts chapter 26. We're going to look at verse 15, 16, and 17 here. All right, now, let me give you a picture of this before we actually uh, go to the kind of the practical things here. And, and we'll try, try to run through those real quick here. But um, in Acts chapter 26 here, Paul is telling King Agrippa uh, about his conversion and his call to ministry. And he, so he... Re- reports this kind of spectacular encounter that he has with Christ on the Damascus Road. And then he reports this commission, this kind of uh, 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 responsibility that Christ gave to him. And, and it's the words uh, of this commission that are so amazing and so relevant, I think, for our concern with evangelism. All right, so it says, Then I ask, Who are you, Lord? And this is what Jesus says to Paul. Now, now Paul was chief among sinners. Paul was the man who was killing Christians. Paul was uh, absolutely intent on stopping the early church from, from existing. He totally wanted to obliterate it, all right? And so he's, he's all about this. And uh, all of a sudden, Jesus comes to him. And, and, and in power and authority, he, he basically knocks him off of this donkey he's riding. And Paul is, is blinded. Um, but anyway, he says, Who are you, Lord? And he says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Verse 16. Now get up. Stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. What, I've, what you've seen and what I will show you. Okay. Then he says, I will rescue you. Remember the first message, the rescuer? I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them. This is an amazing encounter here. Jesus says, I'm shifting everything now. I'm turning this whole thing upside down, if you will. All right? And so he begins to speak to him and he says, I am this Jesus. I'm the one that you're actually persecuting right now. But you get up and you stand on your feet. I have appeared to you for a purpose. To appoint you. And I love this particular part. Servant witness. Servant witness. I would hope that all of us can take on that identity as we grow and as we mature and as we are equipped in the days ahead. I am a servant witness. I serve and I share. And, and those are some of the, the, the things that we're going to address as we get very much more practical down the road here, okay? But here's the key, is that Paul now has a story. Now, remember Pastor Dave talked to you and he said Pastor Bill had an ugly story? He didn't say an ugly story. He just said a story that's kind of got ugly stuff in it, you know. Uh, and, and, and Pastor Dave doesn't have an ugly story. Pastor Dave has uh, a pretty safe story you know he grew up in a christian family he didn't get too far out there you know he 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 barely even drank a beer you know i don't think he ever drank a whole one so it doesn't even count all right 
you know, and Pastor Bill was on drugs and laying in the highway and, you know, got pulled up out of, out of the pit of darkness. That's not a special story. In all honesty, I wish I had Pastor Dave's story. Believe me, I wish with all my heart I had his story. Sorry. Um, but Paul is saying, here's what happened to me, Agrippa. What he's saying is, let me tell you my story. I was chief among sinners. <laughs> it's like you. I had some authority. And I was using it to try to destroy God's kingdom. And then Jesus got a hold of me. And he changed me. And he gave me purpose. And that purpose is to serve and to witness. <laughs> I want to tell you about Jesus. It's Probably a very awkward opportunity, really. You know, but Paul says, here, here's a chance. I get to tell this man. There's a black pastor in Washington, D.C. His name is Dr. Cherry. Maybe you listen to him sometimes. Wonderful little, uh, very intellectual man. Just sweet. And when I'm, I'm not being funny, I'm not, I'm not being demeaning in any way, but he's just this little fireball. He's just, just this little tiny guy, Dr. Cherry. Uh, you can listen to his podcast, I'm, sh- I'm sure, uh, most any time. Um, but he has oftentimes been invited to the White House over the years and uh, has a very, very large church in, uh, in Washington, D.C. And um, uh, just super, super intelligent, a wonderful theologian. Uh, and uh, he, uh, he said that on one occasion... He got a call, and uh, it was an invitation to come to a breakfast at the White House. And uh, he shared that uh, felt felt kind of good, you know, get called by the president, come to the White House, have breakfast there. But he went through this sort of refining about that, and God spoke to his heart and and said to him. Can I trust you? Can I trust you? When you are with someone who has fame or notoriety or whatever, can I trust you? Maybe I can trust you with the least of these, but can I trust you with the greatest of these? When, when you are in these places where I am taking you, will you represent me? And he understood that what God was saying, would you, would you be my witness? I don't know who your sphere of influence is. I don't know where your, where your circle lands. But I'm telling you, I know that there are people in that circle who don't know Jesus. They're there. Now here's... This is not to try to manipulate you or scare you, but the scary thing is, are they in anyone else's circle who knows Christ? Let us be proven faithful in this call. I don't think that it will be hard for us to do that if we understand that we are the answer that God has 
for people to share Jesus, the answer, with them. Did that make sense to you? We, we're the means, we're the method that God is using. So now, now we, we have that taken care of and now we see how Paul did exactly that. He took his story and, and he threw it inside the bigger story and now he's sharing that. And, and for Paul, it didn't matter who the person was. King or, or beggar beside the road. Paul Matter of fact, when Paul writes in, in Corinthians and he talks about that, that get being given that ministry of reconciliation, he says in there at one point, he says, we no longer look at any man the way we did. And the idea there is that we no longer judge any person the way we did before. And what Paul was saying was, we used to judge on the outward appearance. And we would judge one man maybe more important or more valuable than another. No more. Now that... Now that Christ has changed us and now that we have the heart of God, now that we have love and, and that we are living out of a servant heart, we're not looking at any one man better than another. We're looking at all of them in the same context and that is lost. And so we go to all. And Paul in particular to the Gentiles because that was the purposes of God. And so now they're seeing a little bit differently, okay? So let me give you some things here that I think will help us, all right? I'm going to ask you that you, first of all, begin to just pray that God will fill our church with a passion to open our eyes. There's, there's an interesting analogy, I think, with Paul here. Paul was blinded in this encounter. And shortly after, he was healed of that blindness and could see. But how he saw was very different on the other side of blindness than he initially saw. And I think there's very, something very significant about that for you and I. And I'm asking that God begin to open the eyes of Life Church to see differently. That we begin to see out of God's heart. And, 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 and I, I want that to be something where, where we see not only the lost accurately, but we see ourselves accurately. I believe there's, I believe there's some revelation for us about ourselves and this work that God has for us to do. That we've got to see that we are those individuals who God is depending on to share the message with others. And see yourself that way. And as you begin to see yourself that way, it will redefine you, hopefully. Alright? So then we begin to see lost people in, in, in the right way. Acts chapter 26, verse 18 says, I send, I send you to open their eyes. That's, that's basically what, he, what he's saying. Alright? Here's the thing. He, he makes people new. He makes people born again. He gives people life. You can't do that. Only, only Jesus can do that. All right, so we know that. Now we've settled that. You can't make electricity, but that doesn't stop you from flipping the switch. Don't stop sharing simply because you can't make the person new. All right? That is God's work. Let's do our work. That's all we got to do. All you got to do is flip the switch, so to speak. 
All right? I dare say that that 99.9999999% of you, when you flip the switch, you never go, oh, I wonder if they're going to turn on. You just walk in the room and flip it, and you, you're already walking into the room expecting light. How many times when you think about sharing the gospel do you already expect to be turned down, rejected, whatever? We're talking about the God of the ages who's called you to bring the message and tell the story. He's way bigger. There's way more power in that God up in heaven than there is in that switch on the wall. We, just got, we need to shift a little bit, all right? It's his responsibility, not yours, not mine. I love, by the way, this is not mine. I love those people who, who bring people to me to get saved. Pastor, I have someone. I'm going to bring them over. You can share Jesus with them. I know. You share Jesus with them yourself right there. No, I'm bringing them over to you. No, do it now. Now, I'm going to hang up the phone. You share Jesus with them. No, let me just bring them over. This is, I've said this. This is terrible. No, you can have a wreck and die, both of you, before you get over here. Just share them now. You, you know. Share Jesus. Come on. Do it. You know? I've had that happen a couple different times. You know what? Both times they shared Jesus. Both times they were successful. God was in it. A few things here. Let me, let me just take you through some things here. These, Pastor Dave and I found these. Pastor Dave gave me a number of these uh, to, to look over, and we've, we've been trying to figure out how are some ways that we can help you with, with, the, with the practical side of things. And we're going to talk more about this as, as we go along over, over this year of equipping because we believe that all the other things that we're going to do in equipping you, uh, they, they, they will help you to be a better witness as well. They may, I mean, we, we talked about equipping you for prayer. All right, We went through a series on prayer. But we really believe as you pray uh, out of that, that series that that prayer life will help you to be a better witness. All right? So all the things this year, we're, we're hoping that they, they just build under you, okay? Here's the first thing. Know this, God uses clay pots, all right? Back to our beginning, all right? We have this treasure in jars of clay. Now, the reason that we have Christ in us is to show that, that this surpassing power that is out there to say belongs to God, not to us. We have this treasure. What treasure? The knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. All right? We have the light of the gospel, of the glory of Jesus Christ. In short, we have the gospel with its life-giving power inside of us. All right? So you are the clay pot. You're just the vessel. And I don't mean to demean you by that or diminish you by that, but, but in light of Jesus, you're, the, you're just the vessel. Jesus is the gold, all right? He is in you. Know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit is inside of you. And be encouraged in this, all right? We have this treasure. And, and this, this, this jars, of, jars of clay thing is a reference to us. But compared to the treasure that is in us, we are like clay. We're not like silver or bronze or crystal or something. We're not up there. There's a tremendous gulf between us and the Son of God. And yet, He chooses to come into us, habitate, live, dwell in us in order that we can be that vessel of honor for Him. All right? Here's how Paul talks about it. First Corinthians, I think it's chapter, uh, chapter 3. 
uh, at about verse 5, he, he talks and, 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 and he makes reference to uh, Apollos and himself, you know. And, and when he does that, oh, look at there. You're amazing. <laughs> what, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Look at this. Only servants. All right? Through whom you came, Jesus came, to believe. You, you people came. As Jesus came through them, people came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task. Can you go to the next verse? I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. Oh, look at there. But God made it grow. It's in God's hands. Not your, we just do our part. Some will plant. Some will water. But God will give the growth. God will give the increase, if you will. You are a clay pot. Let's move on. All right? Another point. Get resources to share. As you, as you are sharing Jesus with others, get resources to share. I don't have a scripture for this other than study to show yourself approved. You know? Be able to command the Word of God. All right? Be able to do... And, and, and so we're trying to help you. That's what this year is all about. It's about helping you. One of, the, uh, uh, one of the best things I think you can do this year is, is the discipleship classes, all right? Nathan and Christine are teaching these, all right? Now, they are not focusing on teaching you evangelism per se. Our methods are strategies of evangelizing. What they're doing is they're teaching you a solid, full breath foundation, all right? They're giving you a whole foundation. And they are talking about evangelism in particular right now. But there are three segments or three, three modules of this discipleship. All right? There's five segments in each module. All right? They'll be teaching them. I think every one of you needs to go through that. We're making it available. We're giving you food. We're providing child care. We're, we're, we're getting it to you so that you can foundationally be set all right, so that when you sit down with someone, you are able to share with them out of knowledge and understanding. All right, you make sense. All right, you, you have wisdom. You have some, something under your belt, so to speak, to be able to share with others. All right, and so we're trying to help you to, to do that. And so that is, that is one of the things that, that we, we want to do. All right, we want to get these resources out to you that we can. Life groups, several of our life groups. Uh, the other night in our life group, um, we talked about how do we evangelize the neighborhood. And several of the young adults in our life group came up with great ideas of how to evangelize our neighborhood. All right, um, and, and so we, we, we're going to look at, at doing some of that out of, out of the, the young adult life group. All right? Um, Pastor Dave's working on a, on a library right now. All right? Cindy's going to work on a general library for the church. So we have books. We're going to start with kids' books. We're going we're to uh, put together a library for our little ones. All right? So that you have resources to work with your children. Pastor Dave has ordered uh, Bibles for each family. We're going we're to give you some resources in, in the next weeks. Uh, we're going to give all of you a children's Bible. Even if you don't have children, we're going to give you a children's Bible. All right? Now, I've been told by people in the know that... This particular children's Bible, I bought this for my grandson, uh, not knowing uh, this, but I liked it. I liked the way it looked. I liked the format of it all. But uh, uh, Christina has gone through it, and she is assuring me that it is very theologically accurate, and it's very descriptive and all pointing towards Jesus. And, uh, and uh, her view is that it would, be, it would behoove adults to go through this Bible. Pastor Dave has been reading it to his daughters at night and has found this, this is, is, is in agreement with Christina that, that as adults we can, we can get a lot of good theology out of this Bible. We're going to give you this Bible. 
all right? We're not in any way inferring that you're childish or that, that you're immature, but we believe this Bible will help you to simplify and break down some of the truths of Scripture in the storytelling and help you to tell the story. And so we, we believe it will help you. It will, it will equip you, all right? So they're already ordered. We're going we're gonna to give those out, all right? We have uh, several books. We put a bookcase between mine and his office out there. It's not ready yet, but we're ordering a number of books that are going to be pastor's recommendations. These are books that we are recommending to you as, as your pastors that this year you read them. We're going to have four or five copies of them. You can check one out, read it, bring it back, get another one like that so that you are getting well-read in some of those books that we think are important for you, such as The Case for Christ. If you'll recall, uh, Mike Childers came uh, a, a couple of Sundays ago and I shared the testimony of him in this church for a number of years, um, very much uh, a Jewish man who wanted to stay in his Jewish uh, faith, um, but then uh, as, as time went by, he moved away from here, but he came every Sunday with his, with his daughters, uh, but then um, a lady uh, gave him the case for Christ. He read the book a few weeks later, had it there, couldn't sleep, got up in the night, read the book or whatever, and uh, looked at it and said, ah, there it is, gave his heart to Jesus. He's very, very faithful to Christ now, wanting to serve Christ uh, with, with every aspect of his life. All right, uh, I think it's good to have some books like that that you can give out to somebody. All right, um, which brings me to another point in this this practical side of, of evangelism is be a lavished giver. All right, be be generous. Don't be stingy. All right, in, in what you do and how you live, don't be stingy. Be be generous. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your resources. You know. And, and, and I understand some of, 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 of our struggle with this. You know, I, I do try to keep a couple of extra books of some of my favorite books that I can give out. Because one thing I hate to do is give my book away. You know, I got a couple of books that they're my books. I've written in them and, I, you know, there's notes in them and stuff. And I've, I've done that. I gave one of my Bibles away in Brazil once. You know, one of, this is a favorite Bible and I had written all in it and I had preached from it a lot. And it was like, it was a favorite. It was leather. You know, it was nice. And I was visiting with this lady, and, and uh, in a kind of a broken English, she, uh, she said, oh, you know, I don't have a Bible, but I want one so bad. And I want an English Bible because I'm learning English, and I want to learn my English from the Scriptures. And, and I'm sitting there, and it's like, I knew I had to give her my Bible. But I just wanted to make sure, you know, it's like, talk to me, God. Just tell me I'm all right. You know, just tell me I'm okay because I'm holding on to this Bible unless you just really tell me different. And then someone else goes, you don't have a Bible? And I'm going, I've got 12, 13, 14. I don't know. I've got a bunch of them. They just sit in my office. And I was thinking, God, how can we get one down here to her? I'll just tell her I'll ship her one. I'll ship her several. I'll ship her multiple translations. God says, no. I mean, he doesn't say that in some audible voice, but I know. I know what God is saying to me. No. You're right here. You've got a Bible you can hand to her right now. I had another one in the, in, in, at the place I was staying. I was like, can I just go, you know, let me go back. No, 
She's here. She's, this, is, this is now. Which brings me to another one. Be open to the opportunities that you have. Don't miss it. All right? Don't get, don't get so busy that you miss the opportunities. Be generous. Be a giver. Give out, out books. You know, give out Bibles. Um, ha- have some things available. All right? And I want you to also know this, all right, as, you, as you're thinking about going out and sharing with people. Know that God may use many influences, all right? You, you may feel your word is wasted on somebody, but it's, it's never wasted. God, God doesn't work that way. God is very efficient. And the Bible says His word doesn't go out kind of void or empty, all right? So, so never look at this as though I don't have anything to say or it's going to fall on, on, on hard ground. or You know, here, here's the thing that you and I have to do. Let's, let's be honest. You and I got to quit judging people. We, we, we got to, you know. We got to quit being judgmental and deciding that someone won't get saved or someone won't be impacted by what we have to say. You have, you have amazing things to say, all right? So... So know that God may use many influences. There may be an Apollos that's already come along and you're just, you're bringing something. Or you may be the harvester. You may be the, the person that gets that opportunity to, to literally bring them in uh, to, to Christ. So, so be ready. Look for those opportunities. Um, Nick's not here today, but, but he, he won't mind me saying this. And we've used Nick as an example several times, you know. But Nick came to, to a family meeting. And I know some of you cringe about family meetings because you don't, you don't know what they are yet because you haven't been to one. Um, but, but, you know, Dave and I meet with every family. And it's really wonderful. We have a good time and we, we talk and, and then we share our hearts and, and get to hear your hearts. And it's really, really a great time together. But, but Nick came to family meeting and we sat down with him and we got to talking to him. And the more we talked, the more he got to share, the more we realized that where he was at, and, uh, and, and Pastor Dave and I both were realizing that Nick has never prayed and accepted Christ as his Savior. He just was in the neighborhood and got invited to an outreach and started coming to church. He liked all of you, and so he kept coming. So we get to the family meeting, and we're talking with him, and, and, and he, he's had kind of a spiritual encounter, uh, uh, but he, he really never accepted Christ as his Savior. And, and so I, I said, Pastor Dave, go, go for it. <laughs> and Pastor Dave said, Nick, let's talk about about Jesus for a few minutes and and he just shared with him how much Jesus loved him and dying on the cross and and uh, how he could pray and and be forgiven of his sins and he said Nick you want to do that and Nick was like yeah you know we could have been focused on family meeting and went right over that and 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 just never ever got there you know but it was an opportunity and and, and God kind of opened it up, and, and, and we, were, we were sensitive enough to the Spirit to, to, to do that. So what I'm saying is let, let the Holy Spirit lead you. Let the Holy Spirit guide you uh, as, as you go forward, okay? Um, here's another one that I think is really important, and, and maybe I'll just close with this, and we'll do some others later. But would you begin to be intentional, okay, about this? And that is, would you begin to find people interesting, would you begin to look differently at people? And I don't know that we can all do this in our own right or our own efforts, okay? But I believe that we can do it with the Holy Spirit's help. I do. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. I pray also, Paul says, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you 
the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Paul says, I want the eyes of your heart open. In other words, I want you to see differently. I want you to see out of the core of who you are, not just out of these eyes up here that are very close to the intellect and will stay heady, all right, who, who will operate out of information. I want you to get down here in your heart because, see, what Paul is saying is, I've put a hope in you. There's a power in you to believe. There's something deep down in here called Jesus. And I want that to open your heart's eyes so you begin to see differently, all right? And so that's, that's what I want. I want you. What, what, what is, what is the, the power that, that God has inside of us? I believe that that, that that is the power to see right, all right? I, I know that there's, there's authority that we are given to take... Uh, take uh, authority over evil spirits and cast out demons and all those kinds of things. But I believe that there is a power within us, an untapped resource to see differently. And so I want you to begin to be intentional about asking God to help you to see differently. When you come into the neighborhood, when you drive in from wherever you come from, if you're outside of the neighborhood, would you begin to pray and ask God, God, help me to see the neighborhood the way you see it. Open the eyes of my heart here. All right? I think, I think this, will, this will help us, all right? I, I want you to see people as interesting. I want you to see people in such a way that you begin to care about them, all right? And I don't think that, that God's point is hard to see. I think, I think God opens the eyes of those who are blind to, to truth. I think He opens the, the, the eyes of those who are blind to, to, to beauty and, 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 and to goodness and all of those things. And I think we can see those in our neighborhood. And I, I'm one of the, the guilty people, and I, I had to repent um, of, of this very thing that I'm going to share with you. And I don't share it to, to, in, in any way to offend anyone. I want you to know my heart. But when, when, when we first bought the building even, I, I didn't know if I wanted to be in this neighborhood because I had heard things about the neighborhood. I'd heard that it was a rough neighborhood. And so I wasn't sure that I wanted to be in, in this neighborhood, that I wanted to, to pastor a church even in this neighborhood. But more and more, God began to deal with our hearts about this neighborhood. And, and we bought the building because we wanted to reach youth at the time, uh, and we had a lot of youth to reach, all right? And so we, we bought this, this facility. But, but as, as we were in this facility more, it seemed like God was speaking to people's hearts more. Uh, and, and this is what I'm going to close with today and uh you know don't don't ask god to to use your people to speak to you because if you do he will um and i i'm in here one day and i'm really not sold on this building and i'm not sold on on reaching this neighborhood as a church and god really had to deal with my heart and god did he he talked to me about my attitude and my judgmental spirit my criticism of of this neighborhood and of, of people, you know. And it didn't start coming into this neighborhood. This was something that God was dealing with me about, but, but he was able to show it to me in this context, all right. But it was a part of me. Then I had brought it with me into this neighborhood, and that, that was, I was very judgmental uh, of people. But then people start to pray. We're asking them to pray for the youth, and we're asking them to pray for the neighborhood and all that kind of stuff. And so then on a Sunday morning when I'm just really fretting about this whole thing, 
Somebody walks in the door, Miss Susan Boos. Hi, Pastor Bill. God, I've been praying, and this is what God told me. I may not get it exactly the right words. You know, she doesn't remember this at all. You'll remember it when I tell you, I think. You know, God just, he deals with people from the heart first. He deals with people in their heart, and then the outside changes. So maybe God wants to deal with the city the same way. Maybe God wants to deal with the city from the heart of the city. And maybe he wants to just change the heart of the city first, and then the rest of the city will follow. Well, I've been praying about that, so maybe we should think about that. Great. Not only is God checking me, Susan's checking me. But you know what? She had heard God. The eyes of her heart had suddenly opened. And she gave me a little window, a little vignette, if you will, of the heart of God. And it captured me. And I repented. And I encouraged others. I said, let's be careful of how we look at our neighborhood. Because this is a great place. Today, I love this neighborhood. I went out yesterday. It was a little damp yesterday morning. And I just went outside and I stood out here in the street and I just looked around. And I was like, wow, look at this. This is, this is the best. This is a great, great neighborhood. And I love it. And I'm asking you, not just this neighborhood, but where you work and where you live and where you do life with others that you will allow the Spirit of God to open the eyes of your heart. Will you pray about that all week? Because next Sunday we're going to come in here and we're going to be commissioned to share our story. We're going to take communion together. We're going to prepare for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Easter Sunday. And I'm going to ask you that you invite people to church unchurched people, lost people. We're going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wouldn't it be great just to fill this place up and share Jesus with people? You've got about three Sundays to get it. (laughs) We're going to do that. Did you know that more people come to church on Easter Sunday than any other Sunday of the year? More lost people are in church on Easter Sunday than any other Sunday. I want to challenge you and I that we take advantage of the next three weeks and we look at the opportunity to open our eyes of our heart and see the world as Jesus sees it. And then let's tell our story. In Jesus' name, let's stand. Thank you for being patient with me. I went a little long today. Let's... uh, Let's get out of here in a few minutes. Get your kids together. Feed them. Those of you who are doing discipleship, get your food. Get on back in here so that uh, Christina has all of her time today uh, to teach us some good things, okay? If you didn't memorize the uh, Apostles' Creed, you've got about probably half an hour or so to get it done and uh, before, before class starts, all right? Let me pray for you right now. Oh, God, we are before you as your people. Open our hearts. Let us have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church today. Open us to be able to see and understand what you have planned for Life Church. Help us to fulfill your purposes in this neighborhood and beyond. Give us a great love for what you want to do in this day, in this hour. 
God, help us that we will not throw away our confidence and that we will not shrink back, but rather we will come up and be loving servant witnesses to those around us. God, help us as we become equipped to do this good work and let us do it with all of the confidence and faith and assurance we can muster. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, you are dismissed. Have a great week. We love you. We love being your pastors. All right, see you later.